Welcome to the Eye of Terror. Welcome to episode 12 of the Eye of Terror podcast. I'm George. And I'm Alec. And I'm Arthur. And we play 40K. Hi, everyone. Welcome to episode 12. We're excited. We have a special guest, Arthur Shulsky. He's joining us today. We just finished an epic game, and we'll be talking about that later. Yay. Yay. Welcome, Arthur. Always fun to have Arthur on the podcast. But first, rumors. Rumors. Yes, rumors. All right, rumors. Uh, the latest rumor I heard was Betrayal of Kalth might be getting some expansion box sets. Ooh. And that, what do you guys think about that? I'm always, I love the models. So yeah, I'm gorgeous happy. models. Yeah. Absolutely. And what a value, huh? You know, yeah, you really do get a lot for your, you know, buck, right? So compared to like Forge World, yeah. <laughs> I'd love to see how they did it. You know, if it's going to be more like piece box sets or if it's going to be something more all-inclusive like they did before i mean they could do like a small expansion like adding like like special units or heavy weapons teams Mm -hmm. or something like that or maybe even adding you know different types of opponents because so far all we've seen are you know mark four armor space marines the contemptor and then the terminators yeah and of course special special characters yeah oh yeah they get special characters characters. that would be cool Mm that would be be cool well i we love alec and i got the patrol cal set and um we've Built ten marines, four terminators, or oh, five terminators, yeah. and two contemptors, as well as the, both of the special characters and the special characters. We're gonna put up photos. We just finished the contemptors. Um, we did one in chaos purple. Yes, we made that one close combat. We gave him two power <laughs> fists, and then the other one we turned into an iron hands mortis dreadnought. So he's got two assault cannons on him. So we'll put those up on the Facebook page. So please check that out. Our our main topic today is uh, list building. We really want to talk about our different approaches to list building, and we'll get into uh, the, you know, maybe building lists for tournaments in a in a second when we talk about Adepticon. But Arthur, let's start with you. What when you start putting together your list for a game, like what are the things you think about? What drives you? Well, obviously, there's tournament style, and then there's like what we did today, fun play style, where I get to test different combinations and stuff. Right. But we'll talk about tournament later. When it comes to just play style, I like to look at my collection and think about all the different things that I've not really experimented with. Um, like, for instance, today, I played with the library and conclave in a guard blob. Mm-hmm. And that was a lot of fun for me to, to try for the first time. Um, you know, I learned that it's not as easy rolling invisibility for the conclave as I originally <laughs> thought it would be. Um, so, you know, you kind of learn the downs, downside and upsides of different, you know, combinations there. And I also think about, I always try to build my list to fight against an all-comer, you know, kind of like uh-huh. an all-comers list. So I don't really ever try to build a list that I think is just going to do great against Tower, or just going to do great against Elder. Mm-hmm. I try to say, I want to be confident that I could bring this list against any matchup. Because to me, you know, having that kind of tactical variability really makes the game enjoyable, especially when I'm list building. Alec, what do you think about when you're putting together your lists? You've been uh, putting together some pretty vicious lists lately. It depends. usually depends on the army and availability of what I can get. Most of the time, I'll just try to make... If I have something new, I'll obviously try it. Yeah. But if I'm just... But if I've already tried everything in a certain army, I'll just probably go with what I know will work. I try to, but I try to keep myself like adaptable because I don't know the other army. So you can't just go, Oh, this is only going to do great against them. I don't know. Assault. This can only get into an assault with other assault armies. Cause that's no good. So I usually try to go for flexibility. 
Oh, that and objective grabbing. Any of you guys look at netlists? No. No, why? Just, I've been playing the game so long. I, this is a point of pride where, I mean, I have my close-knit group of friends that, you know, we kind of talk about the current meta shifts. But to me, going online and, you know, copy and pasting mm-hmm. a netlist that someone else created really takes a lot of the fun and enjoyment out of the game. Yeah, I, I I love building the list. I mean, yeah. I mean, there's the hobby aspect, there's the game aspect, and then there's the whole like putting the list together and like running all these different units and what they're going to do to your opponent. Kind of, kind of that time in the game that happens before the game, and that's that's actually a lot of fun. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, I I have to say that I I, I keep up with the uh, the sort of meta lists as they're being talked about on you know sites like Bell Lost Souls. Yeah. Mostly for the sake of what's coming out and what's new, like what formations are out there. But I'm I'm I never look at uh, articles that are like here's a, here's a winning you know Necron list you know or something like that you know here's here's how to play best way to play you know Space Marine tanks or something. I like being my own general. I like filling out the list and having fun with the potential and finding the synergies myself as much as I can, yeah, and hoping that they that they do well. And like like you, I, I Arthur, I will. I will take a chance on on playing something, even though it's probably not optimal from a you know competitive setting. But it you know sounds like fun. Yeah, yeah. Like I, one of the most fun games we had when we put together our worst ever list. Oh, the worst ever list was amazing. Uh, yeah, that was really that was really a fun time. Yeah, Alec and I basically put together the worst possible list we could. <laughs> yeah, uh, I had I played regular chaos, Vespids with Ogrins. <laughs> well, we, uh, we try to keep it, uh, you know, battle forged, uh, yeah. and try to do uh, stick to one army yeah. as much as we could. Um, you, you're not gonna like this, but I, I pick guard. Okay, which. <laughs> You know, but I the, gave, whole, the whole codex now could be considered in that the worst list. <laughs> just a giant index of we'll worst. Talk, we can talk about yeah. that later. I used uh, <laughs> I got thousand suns. I got like, I got chaos, so I got thousand suns. Ooh, yeah, um, yeah, like a lot of them, and they were so expensive. <laughs> and I also got um, what was it? What's the um, not the obliterators, the mutilators? Yeah, mutilators, mutilators? which are so wor- which are so worthless, right? Because it's just, it's so. Just so dumb. Um, um, I got vets with shotguns. You know, yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, it was a that was, talk about. A there was a time choice. when those were good. What? Yeah. Well, in, in I, I guarantee edition. you, it wasn't recently. Yeah, fifth edition when you could, uh, yeah. you know, salt out of a chimera. Yeah, you could, you know, with the salt salt gun. Those, Not anymore. Those days are over. But that, yeah. like, like, like that was a really fun sort of uh, thought exercise that we put our worst list together. And then and then play them as competitively as we could on the table. Oh yeah. Does it matter if you know you're heading into a tournament uh, in terms of your philosophy for building a list? Yeah, I definitely try to look at what the tournament missions are and try to gauge my playstyle to that my list building. Um, I I will stick with Eldar and Guard. Like I've always only played Eldar and Guard my mm-hmm. whole life. So you know I kind of somehow try to build in those two you know combinations into whatever the tournament mission style format is um obviously like you know i keep up with the codexes and i do keep up with the meta you know we me and all my friends always talk about it um but you know so we'll know that like we're gonna see storm surges and we're gonna see some riptides and we're gonna see you know the Takurian detachments and we're gonna see this top stuff um so we do try to build towards that 
Um, and that's obviously something that's really important to do, especially if you're going to a tournament, big tournament, right. local tournament, not so much. I've always feel like, you know, I try to go into local tournaments with a little bit of, uh, you know, personal flair, you know, try to bring my Katashins and the way I like to play them and not feel so stressed out to have to feel this top competitive list. Um, but you know you gotta you gotta make it your own right and that's what the hobby's all about so uh, yeah. do you do you think how well do you think your list building would um would do in a tournament setting uh I'd, again i'd have to examine the tournament the, any specific tournament rules and tournament guide whatever specific things right I, have yeah I, I guess again you, um we it were talking about this earlier to plan a tournament you not only have to know all the 40k rules you have to know your army's rules. You probably have yeah. a general sense of all the other army's rules. Plus, then you have to know the specialized tournament rules, like ITC rules, right? It's quite a lot. Why do we? Why do we pick this game? <laughs> why, why, why do we play Warhammer? It's like we're like we have to become lawyers, yeah. like constitutional scholars. <laughs> it's, it's it's evolved this way, you know. It's evolved to this to this level of complexity. Um, yeah, you know? people people look at this game. Um, like whenever we play a game at a game store and people who aren't Warhammer players come by and they go, oh, that's cool. Look, do you, you paint those and like stuff? Like, oh, yeah. Like, how do I get started? And then you, you point them yeah, you know, the to, to the, the, the giant box of the initial set of rules. Well, first you buy the rules. Yeah. And then you have to buy another book for the army you want to play. Right. And then you have to buy a ton of models that all cost like 50 bucks a box. Right. Have fun. Right. I mean, as the game's gotten more expansive, right, it's it's gotten more complex. You know, you've added, like, I got the Tau Codex in front of me. And yep. then I just, I just flipped to a page and you could find rules that weren't there before. And, you know, especially rules that weren't there two, three years ago. I mean, look at the Tau Codex four or five years ago. I mean, this this is way heavier, way more complexity to remember. But it also makes the game more fun, right? you got to adapt to the game, and that's one of the reasons why the game stays entertaining. Yeah, there's a real excitement that comes when a, a new codec is announced. You know, everyone's excited about, you know, the possibility that this is going to make the your old army feel new and exciting again and give them some upgrades, unless you're orcs, tyrannids, or blood angels. <laughs> Guard. <laughs> or guard. Yeah, or guard. Or chaos. Or, or chaos. chaos. Yeah. Right. Or sisters. So pretty much all of them are all of them are space Negrons and space marines. Yeah. yeah. Those guys are excited. Those Demons guys are excited. Uh, to me, list building is, is such a fun part of the game, and it's an unexpectedly fun part of the game. I didn't think that I'd be spending, you know, an hour on Battlescribe, like having, actually having oh, yeah. fun, you know, putting together a list and and comparing it to point values and, and, and special rules. But it is part of the fun. And um, it, I get excited about my list the night before a game. Uh, sometimes when I will play with a friend one-on-one, -on -one, I will we'll make handicaps for each other. We'll say, okay, one CAD, no special characters. Or we'll say, mm -hmm. you know, 1,000 point battle and, you know, you can you only use an allied detachment. Yep, we've and, done that. We it, we played that you and I. It it it, uh, it it adds a whole different level of tactic tactical awareness that you have to have to, to play the game. Yeah. So. Yeah, and also you know, it allows you to try variants like um, kill team. Um, mm -hmm. Oh yeah. Regular kill team. We played regular kill team. You and I, Arthur, we played that, and then um, Alec and I recently played Heralds of Ruin. Yeah, Heralds of Ruin was really good, and that was that was really fun because that gives that gives the the individual units more personality because you, you can select from more. Because you select like a you select 
individual models rather than units. So it really allows more customization. And they, that, and it even has its own set of rules. Yeah, it, it, it's cool. We'll have to play it someday. It's very fun. Never Unbound. Never, me neither. Never I Unbound. I, yeah, you, Alec, you don't want to play Unbound, right? No. Just something to feel, I think, I, and we goes. haven't even, Alec and I have only been playing for a couple of years, so, and you've been playing for a long time, but we're conditioned to want a Battleforge army that seems fluffy in its within its own context. Mm-hmm. Right, yeah, and if it's and if it's unbound, it feels like it seems like something's wrong here. There's nothing cinematic or real about that army. Kind of like Age of Sigmar. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, like that. <laughs> uh, poor Age of Sigmar. Hey, the uh, uh, the financials for uh, um, GW came out oh. recently. They're half oh. year financials. Ooh. Didn't sell as many uh, units as they hoped in Christmas, um, and there was no specific sort of bad guy but everyone um is kind of pointing toward disappointing age of sigmar you know, no. sales results it's all that yeah so uh look it's our favorite comp our favorite toy company so we want them to do well but give us more 40k just more just you know make better decisions <laughs> <laughs> right alec alec for ceo Yep. Sorry, Kevin. I'll, I'll, my, you got my vote. <laughs> yeah. You might too. Will you play test? Because yeah, you're already well, a step ahead. That would be fun if you would play, play test the rules before you release them. Yes. And then also do some updates now and then. Do yeah. some FAQs yeah. every, every something, quarter something. or something. If I hear, if I hear something that's got cheesy, FAQ. Yeah. And right. bring back road trader tournaments and, road and GW uh, tournament support. In general, yeah, that would be nice. Don't yeah. just leave it up to people. Yeah, and then make some decisions about uh, rules. Like, F- like really FAQ these, these Not like the last FAQs. Yeah. Was, I don't even think they were FAQs. It's like they just wanted clicks on their website, so they told everyone to <laughs> FAQ. Nothing really was updated. Yeah. That's funny. All right, when we come back, Arthur's going to Adepticon. And we're going to hear about what it takes to prepare for a major tournament when we come back. Follow me into battle. Space Marines, advance. We're back. Arthur, you're going to Adepticon end of March? End of March. All right. Uh, I've never been. Alex, never been. Tell us about um, what it's like to go to Adepticon. It's a really big tournament. They have a beautiful facility. I think they would let, yeah, last year was their first year at the new facility. Oh, where's it, where it happening? It's in Schaumburg, Illinois. So right outside of Chicago. It's in the same city as a medieval times. So if you're <laughs> cool. <have> interested <laughs> Already, <there. laughs> you, you had me there. But uh, it's no, it's usually a really well-run tournament. Lots of bits, lots of vendors. Lots of demos going on, lots of painting classes, a uh, good crowd. Uh, they, lot, they let you, you know, you can have a beer walking around the hotel. So it's, you know, kind of that convention feel. So you can kind of, you know, uh, wear flip-flops and hang out. Uh, the tournament scene has everything you could imagine. Necromunda, team tournament, solo tournament, Highlander tournament, friendly tournament, war machine, everything you want. Uh, the thing about the 40K tournament, though, is it has changed a lot. Last year was Maelstrom for the first time, where they actually handed out their own set of Maelstrom cards, which was pretty cool. A lot of people didn't like it, but I think Maelstrom was still a little new to the gaming scene. How many points in your army? Uh, 1850 uh-huh. is, the, is the, the singles championship, right? The main event is yep. 1850. 
it's not ITC. It's just the Depticon rules. Okay. So there's definitely a lot different way to look at it from that context. And the layout of the missions is very out there compared to 40K. I like it in some contexts. I definitely think it favors some armies in particular, but it pretty much makes you need to bring a lot of objectives secured. Okay, so a very mobile army like like Tau, I'm not sorry, like like Eldar on on bikes is going to do well in that. A mobile army and an army that can take out all of the opponent's objective secured units. Uh-huh. Uh, you need to be a little tough. Like one of the big contenders I, I hear this year is going to be uh, the Space Marine. Uh, what do you call it? The Gladius Force. No, the with no. all the free upgrades. That's uh, that's the battle. The Demi Company. Demi Company. Demi yeah, Army. that's because there's just so many units and so many OS yeah. units. It's really hard to you know chew through that. Uh, and and there's zones. So there's scoring zones now. Oh, so they have okay. to be like uh like one of the missions has a central bubble of mm-hmm. twelve inches, and you score a point if you have if you control it on the top of on the bottom of your turn. Mm-hmm. So every turn your opponent has a, ch- a chance to counter your movement, and then so if you have an objective secured in there, mm-hmm. pretty much you're controlling it. And so your opponent has to get you out or contest it their turn every turn. So it's a very reactive game. Um, it's I think they got some of the missions from War Machine and how War Machine works in terms of zone control. Mm-hmm. So it's not really like just objective, you know, uh, you know, I need to be on an objective at the end of my turn. They kind of did away with that. So they do still have some of the Eternal War missions. Um, like you need to have uh, your opponent's objective or your objective at the end of the game. But, you know, that's, it's, that's kind of not as important as the progressive scoring, you know, main objectives that's in this tournament. How many people play in the tournament? I think every year it's sold out. I think they're pretty close to selling out this year. Uh, I wouldn't know the number off the top of my head. Well over, I think, over 200. Wow. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Are, are most people local or are they flying from all over the country? I've played people from Sweden, oh wow, Australia, Europe. Um, you got all the top names there, you know, all the guys, you know, Tour of Fire and all those guys. So, you know, they're all there and Reese is there every year. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's a great, I mean, it's a really great crowd. And it uh, tends to be a more friendly tournament where people are there having fun and and uh, sharing in the game. So, are there special rules like do they allow Forge World, not allow Forge World, that sort of thing? It's all in. So they allow Whoa, Forge okay. World. They put a limitation on the num- the amount of points you can spend on Lord of, Lord of War units. Mm-hmm. So I think you know the most you could bring is two Wraith Knights. Mm-hmm. I think it's seven hundred points. I think is more recent. I have to double check that. And yeah, so there's definitely limitations there. Um, I think the definite favorites are Tau. Space Marines and Eldar, without a doubt. But, uh, who won last year? Was it a Tyranid army that won? Uh, I remember. It might have been. It was something unexpected. It was something unexpected, yeah. It may have been a Tyranid army that had like spore mines or something. Um, and then, or it might have been a demon army. I don't know. I can't remember. Was it, was it, was it Nick? I can't remember. I don't remember who won. I've never so many tournaments. Right. (laughs) I tried going to a tournament for the first time uh, a few weeks ago. I I talked about it in the last podcast. 
but uh, somebody wasn't didn't show up, so we didn't have enough players, so we ended up doing just one on one games. Yeah, that, yeah that's where that's where I met the two hive tyrants. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's, that's where I learned about the tyranids. Yeah, if you listen to our last episode, you'll hear me cry about tyranids that yeah. whole episode. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, what what do you would think are your top three tips for someone going to Adepticon this year? Uh, number one is objective secured units. Number two is have something to take out those storm surges. Have some way to deal with Tau storm surges. And number three is have something to deal with jet bikes. No, oh, okay. I mean, if you can, I think you can beat those two units in particular, and you know maybe try to have something that you know could chew through a lot of unit like you know small units like uh, you know space marines can throw at you. And that definitely won't go wrong there. So Thunderfire cannons are great. You know, wyverns are great. Little things like that. So anything that can give you that kind of speed and objective secure control. Alec, if you were going to Adepticon, what army would you take? Necrons, Tau, something yeah. like that. Something. Not, not your Corn Demonkin? Not your beloved Corn Demonkin? Mm, if I wanted to really compete, I don't think so. Only because I don't feel like a guy can... No, I feel yeah. In terms of to bear. in terms of Maelstrom missions, uh, you know, your your army is like I'm going to try and table you, kind of an army. Pretty much, it's yeah. it's very it's an encouraging of suicidal tactics, <laughs> right? Which work a lot of the time. Which but, which work in like friendly games and which work right. in like some some harsher games, but I feel like they wouldn't be able to do as well against armies like Eldar or Tau or mm-hmm. whatnot really crazy space marine centurion librarian conclave off list um yeah so probably necrons only because they're just so tough and um or tau for obvious re- reasons yeah because they'd be tau arthur what what armors are you taking it's kind of a surprise but i'll tell you because i like you george thank you it's uh i'm bringing <laughs> eldar and i'm bringing a little guard obviously because okay you know, i just i can't get out of this Rut, <laughs> the rut of guard. The, the 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 pain I feel, you know, it's it's, it's like a a drug. <laughs> yeah, um, I feel like that with the Blood Angels. They're my first army. They're my first love. So I always want to feel like I can bring them to something. But even though they're not super competitive right now, so yeah. you're that way with guard. There's a few other people. I've been a few other guard players, recovering guard players. <laughs> yeah, that's about right. They need to have like a A A A for us. <laughs> AA for the AM. <laughs> yeah. Okay, uh when we return, um we're gonna get into our battle report where it was Imperial Guard versus an uh, an unholy alliance of Tau and Necron when we return. Hide in metal boxes, the cowards, the fools! We. We should take away the metal boxes. We are back. Alright, we just finished playing uh, a pretty epic game where each side had 3,000 points. It had some kind of surprising results. Alright, who wants to start? 
Um, okay, I'll, I guess I'll start. Yep. Um, okay, so it was um, so I had fifteen hundred points, making up half of the um, opposing us as me. Yeah. Yeah. So it was uh, Alec and I yeah. are on the same side. We were allies of convenience, and yep. you were playing Necron. So I, why don't you tell us your list, and then I'll I'll talk about my list. Uh, okay. So I had an overlord of um, phase shifter, phylactery, gauntlet fire, a war scythe with lich guard with hyperglaze shields and dispersion. It's dispersed the uh, dispersion shields and hyperglaze swords. Right. And they were in uh, they were in the croissant. Yeah, the uh, <laughs> the night scythe. Night scythe. Let's see. I had two warrior, two warrior squads. This is all the Kyrian detachment. Yep. Two uh, warrior squads. One in a ghost arc. I had a some six canopic wraiths and a single squad. Two squads of three scarabs. I had a spider. Right. I had a squad of flayed ones. A six. I had um, squad of immortals. Five. I had. Well, they were had Gosswasters. Um. I also had a squad of Tomb Blades, which had Nebula Scopes, Particle, Beamers. And Shield Veins. And Shield Veins, yes. Yeah. So, and, uh, it was, yeah, I think that's it. That's your list. So it was a classic Decurian detachment. Yeah, classic right, Decurian. Which gave the army four up reanimation. Yeah, and, um, the built and living in vehicles ignore the uh, effects of under shaken right yeah. that's pretty powerful okay i took uh i took 1500 points of tau so i took the hunter contingent our general warlord between the alliance was um, alex overlord right because he was the most I, th- I thought he was the most powerful unit in the, on, on the field okay so i brought um my hq was a commander in iridium armor and i gave him drone controller yes. i gave him the command and control nodule which allows um the unit he's with to reroll hits um, if he's not shooting, I gave him the multi-sensor uh, suite or whatever. It's the thing that allows him to ignore cover or it allows his unit to ignore cover if he doesn't shoot. Part of the Hunter contingent includes uh, three strike teams with or just fire warriors with their pulse, pulse rifles. I had a broadside that had high-yield, twin-linked high-yield missile pods and then the smart missile system. I had a unit of drones, all marker lights, five drones. They were paired with the commander because he had drone uh, drone controller. And then I had uh, two units of pathfinders, five-man units. And then I had the optimized stealth cadre, which is one ghost kill, and then uh, two units of stealth suits. And each of the stealth suit units had one fusion blaster in, in each unit. And I think that was my Tau. All right. <laughs> Ugh. the optimized cheese cadre the optimized cheese cadre the invisible yeah. cheese cadre okay arthur tell us tell us your your three thousand points they're up for sale on ebay <laughs> after this game get them at a discount yeah get them at a discount uh <laughs> now nah, you know I, br- I brought a list uh that i thought i knew i was gonna play tau i had this feeling I didn't think I was going to play the Ghost Kill formation, but I knew I was going to play a Storm Surge. Oh, yeah, I forgot. I, I, I brought a Storm Surge. Oh, yeah, and you brought the Storm Surge. <laughs> yeah, I don't forget about that. that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, so, but I'm really glad I got to see the t- the towel in uh, its full force, you know, all the cheese and all the formations in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Necrons were really brutal, too. So I wasn't sure if I was going to play Necrons or if I was going to play Demonkin. So, mm-hmm. uh, but I just kind of brought a typical guard list that I thought would be competitive. So I brought two Vendettas. I brought a 50-man blob with power swords. I brought two priests. 
I brought two executioners. I brought a bunker. I had a command com- company command squad with a master of ordnance, astropath, and four plasma guns. They were in the bunker. Mm-hmm. Uh, lieutenant had some snipers. The lieutenant squad had some snipers to take out marker lights and stuff. I had a primary psyker to give prescience to the blob. I had a basilisk for just the fun of it because I just wanted to run with my old school basilisk. And then I had a Valkyrie with a vet squad with demos and plasmas. So it was fun. Guard was fun. But I also had the librarian conclave with three level two librarians to fish out invisibility mm-hmm. for the blob. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I had an Imperial Knight, which, you know, I, I bought couple years ago and i've rarely gotten to play with so i wanted to play with that and then i had uh two inquisitors with demon hammers and level one so i rolled on all my psychic powers to start the game Mm -hmm. and i rolled very badly so that was my list we got to choose sides the necrons in town got to choose sides yes um and so we won that and then we also won one roll off for deployment so we deployed first Right, and then we went first. Right. Well, uh, the mission we were playing, we were playing uh, the sixth mission, Deadlock, in the Maelstrom missions. You didn't get, you seized, but you didn't seize. You actually I didn't seize. You didn't seize. Okay, so we went first. And that's when the cheese began. Oh, <laughs> yes. Okay. Yeah. I mean, so the first thing I do, the first thing you do as a tile player is that you want to light up, well, you, you assess your threat. And in this case, to me, it was the Imperial Knight. That thing had a giant pie plate melted arm that he was going to be using at us. So that's the, the first thing I wanted to kill. And the D-sword. And the D-sword, which you could, you know, assault us with. So um, my Pathfinders lit it up with marker lights. And I didn't think I ended up like... First, first off, um, I lit it up... With drums. With drums. No, no, I lit up something else with drums. But the I, used marker, I used the marker... I used the Pathfinders to light up the, the Imperial Knight... And basically, it, it removed cover, and then it um, it gave everybody like plus three ballistic skill against it, right? And then I saved um, some extra marker light hits for the D missiles, converting the strength eight uh, missiles on the storm surge into D missiles. Yeah. So, needless to say, all that really paid off, and uh, we were able to with a combination of the optimized stealth cadre, which hits rear armor yes. and ignores cover. Because it hates you and your army. <laughs> <laughs> that and the storm surge managed to blow up uh, the night in round one, and mm. and then we also didn't we? I think we also put some wounds on a few other things. Yeah, uh, I think the big unlucky thing for me was I was not able to get invisibility. Oh yeah, that was I, huge. I got the worst. I got terrify three times. <laughs> right. I got hallucinate three times. <laughs> you got cursed earth. I got cursed earth. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it was bad. Yeah, that was the worst. That was the worst librarian conclave. Yeah, ever. Know, result you could end up with. Yep. Uh, uh, yeah. So pretty much just you know it was like a knife through butter. Yeah, that 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 first turn was the Tao just demonstrated how powerful they are at shooting. Yeah, it was ins- it was ins- insane. It I was- I also dropped anchors on the uh, on the storm surge so that in round two I would be able to get two shots uh, two shots for each for weapon every single weapon right. Because, yeah, yeah, um, I essentially just mostly moved. I just moved up most of my men. Um, I think it did some shooting. It didn't it wasn't really that horribly effective. 
I just did a general moving up the army. The implacable march of the Necron started moving up the field. Yeah. Yeah. I think the big thing you did was move your wraiths up to the center of the board. Yeah, they, they move quick, so... Uh, and I charged the race with my blob because they were the only thing within charge range that first yep. turn and just to save the blob because they didn't have invisibility from the tau shooting mm-hmm. and the race were like the worst thing to charge but it was like <laughs> you know do i take this horrible shooting pain or do i take the wraith pain train i i, I don't know which one to do so i chose the wraiths well, that was probably the best move because yeah. um, your entire blob then became an assault and the storm surge for many turns couldn't shoot at it, mm-hmm. right? And that whole first turn, um, we kind of ran out of things to shoot, Yeah. right? Because uh, we killed the, the knight and then you're, you're, right away your blob was in assault and so I couldn't, couldn't hit it with anything. Well, then you were chewing through it pretty fast. So by turn three, it was already half gone. Because, yeah. you know, if I had invis, it probably would have lasted the whole game in the middle. Yeah. yeah. It, would have, it would have held up those rays pretty Actually, well. by turn two, I believe. Yeah. Was it turn two? Yeah, it was turn two. Turn turn two. Turn yeah. two. Yeah. Turn two. So, uh, yeah, we'll, um, we'll, we'll cut to the... We'll actually do the spoiler and just say the game was over by turn two. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was... Yeah, uh, it was. It was. It was pretty cheesy. Uh, a number of things, I think, led to that. And I think Arthur made a smart call because i don't think there was a chance that the army was going to win this today one was that on uh we we had ascendancy as one of our missions and so of course we rolled d3 and we get three points victory yeah. points for that we, we had, got the same objective twice that, that was the luck of the home, draw home field objective so yeah it was a home field objective we were already sitting on so that gave us another two points so that five points we got first blood when the we imperial killed knight. the imperial knight so right away in the first in the first turn we had like six victory points right away. Oh, and then we got two more victory points because we blew up an Imperial Knight. It's super heavy, so that gives us oh, yeah. for every three points it gives us two more. So that's eight points right there. So it was it was pretty tough. And so many of as it turned out later, Tau shooting ended up uh, taking out um, the Basilisk um, quickly in turn two. Yeah, yeah. So pretty much any anything the Tau really wants to get, kill, they, they can they can kill. Yeah, pretty like with with very few exceptions, they ha- they can kill most anything they want to. They just got to put their minds to it. How would you have played it? I mean, how would you have played that differently? Given the army you had, would you have done things differently now, knowing sort of like what shenanigans the tower were doing in terms of shooting no. and, mer- and lighting you up with Merkur's lights and stuff? No, I played it right. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, when you bring a knife to a gunfight, the only thing you can do is charge. <laughs> you know, and that's yeah. and that's. You know that's that's what you do. You know you 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 play the variability with psychic powers as a, as a clutch, right? You need that. You want to fish invisibility, but you can't, right? So when it doesn't go your way to, at the start, and you get turn, if you ever go second versus Tau, you know it's it's not a good start to the game. You right? Know, they're going to be able to take out ten to twenty percent of your army turn one. Especially if they have a storm surge, right? Uh, especially if you have the ghost kill formation. Um, so you know you really got to get lucky with the setup. Um, Tau's really that good. I think the big thing is Tau doesn't have a lot of objective secured mm-hmm. units, so that's obviously a big downfall with the Tau. But in Maelstrom, when you're putting out that much pan- that much damage, I think you know it's very minimal how much objective objective secured matters so i think the guard just need an update soon you know like two executioners 
with with the camo nettings, you know, it's four hundred points. You know, it's, yeah. a storm surge is what three sixty. Uh, yeah, it's like three sixty or so base, and then the way I played, it came out to four thirty five. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. one broadside is is better at shooting than every Lehman Rust battle tank. So yeah, you know, uh, the marker lights are really strong, and provide the tower with so much variability in their shooting that it's it's you can't counter it. You know, the only thing you can do is uh try to get lucky with your reserve rolls and you know. Tau's, Tau's probably the best codex out there. Uh, it might be right now. might be. Um, I think you did a good thing when you you use your Basilisk to basically destroy eight of the um, Pathfinders. Lucky uh, shot. Turn, <laughs> turn two. Lucky shot. <laughs> well, it worked. It worked. <laughs> they, eva- they evaporated. They did their work. They already killed the knight. And, yeah, they did uh, their so, I, I definitely think maybe reserve the blob. I don't know. Wow, that would be an interesting choice. That would be an interesting choice. Hmm. Wait for the vendettas to come in and try to pop the storm surge, and maybe how many wounds is on a, on a storm surge? Uh, I think there's eight. Yeah, never mind. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, and then it has a four up invuln save with with a I paid for the shield and generator, so pain. and feel no pain. Five with feel no pain, right? So it's a it's a tough unit. It's a good unit. Yeah, yeah it's easily one of the best units in the game. Yeah. For the points, too. Right. I got it, not because it's so awesome. It turns out it's actually played quite awesome because I just love the way it looks. Um, but I, I've made it the center of, of the army. See, I, I'm having this debate with Alec a lot. <laughs> yeah. Um, in terms of, like, I think I, I can beat the Tau. I think that I can with beat the what? Tau. The Skyhammer Annihilation Force, if, if, if I bring that as a formation, plus the Iron Hands with the Fire Raptor, I think you guys are both shaking. They're both shaking their head like not a chance, pal. If you played, if okay, like let's let's talk about a, a real decked out tile list, right? You got a storm surge, yep, two riptides. Well, let's sides. talk about the fifteen hundred point list I, I put together. It, okay, so the storm surge had interceptor, but basically the only thing that would really work too well, I mean, really well, would be the. 40s, well, the 46 rocket cluster, cluster rocket would work well. The smart missile system would work in that scenario. And then I, it, I had like an air bursting fragmentation uh, thing, which is basically a, a large, a large blast. That would be effective if it's being assaulted. I don't think so. I think the, I think if you, you, if you would have fought that list, just mm-hmm. based on list you just said, you would have saved your marker lights for when the fire raptor came on yeah. to shoot a D at that. And one, one or two D's against that would have killed it. And then anything that came out of the sky hammer, if you would have bubble wrapped your storm surge yeah. really well with your with your fire warrior teams, you would have prevented any sort of alpha strike on turn one. And then you could have easily done the strength ten AP one blast on top of a you know assault squad or heavy devastator squad coming out of the tank with grav, and you still have a four up involved with a five feel no pain. So even one. Full on four man Devastator squad with grav grav amps couldn't kill Storm Surge. Probably so, right. Yeah, and then after and then after all that, that then if they fail, which they could easily, they then they have to deal with an entire round of shooting. Right. The tower. But, but so the, right. Mm-hmm. But the assault units in the Skyhammer can assault the turn they come in on out of the drop pods or out of the out of deep strike. 
So they would immediately be on those fire warriors and then chop them up because they would be easily wiped out. But those are fire warriors. Yeah. Who cares about fire warriors? Well, then, then, that's, then, not, that's not that's not. Well, big if, if, if there was a chink in the bubble wrap, then they would just tie up the storm surge in combat, at least for a round or two. But, but if you can successfully set up your, um, but if you are good at, if you are to have a good spatial awareness, you're not going to be able to mess up with the bubble wrap. It's going to be very unlikely you'll mess up with the bubble wrap. Yeah. So essentially you'll have your assault team tied down for a little while dealing with fire warriors while storm surge is free to just annihilate whatever it wants yeah yeah it's just yeah it's you just i think the, the problem is is that i'm sure you could probably beat him if you get lucky but that's the problem you have to be lucky you have to be lucky in order to beat the army and that's why they are see i find myself in a position of arguing how to beat my my own army you know, but I think I can with another good army. I'm not saying it's not. I'm well, not saying I, lo- it's not I mean, possible. I lost. I lost to Tyranids last uh, two weeks ago. But you admitted in there you made some mistakes. Yeah, it was my second time playing Tau. Exactly. Right. right. Exactly, and that's what I'm talking about. All right. Okay. I want to see for the next episode the conclusion of this argument. George's <laughs> Tau versus Alec. Or no, no, Alec no, plays Tau. Yeah, I, I want Alec to play George, Tau. George, you bring whatever you think could be. I, I think either uh, either Necrons or uh, my Iron Hands list has a good chance of taking out the Tau. Which, right. And you want what, Maelstrom emissions? Uh, either, whatever. Okay. I'm, 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 I'll say whatever. I'm actually like really into this. Yeah, I really, I, I really want to see this. Yeah, because I, I think I, I think I can probably try to exploit Tau weaknesses. I think they're weaking assault. I think you can get oh, yeah, a whole bunch assault. of units up front really fast. They're gonna they're gonna die. I don't think you can do it with corn demon kin as, as we found out because having their <laughs> no. foot slaughter yeah. across the battlefield means that they're just gonna get shot to even pieces. Even if it is a twelve inch foot, even if it is a twelve inch foot slog, it's still a foot slog, and they just evaporate. yeah yeah they evaporate. Right. I think uh, Demico can do it in the Adepticon mission layout because <laughs> uh, the number maybe. of objective secured units. Yes, I think that they yes. could. I they think could. so too. I think so too. I, I yeah, because I, that's that's another weakness secure. of the Tau is that they can't really secure that many objectives because they're not the the list I just described doesn't have a lot of mobility in it. I had also a, a I didn't mention, but I said a unit of crisis suits that were in reserve. They didn't even come into the game oh, yeah. at this point, but they could object. They could take some, but they they're not objective secured. The only thing that's objective secured would be the fire warriors and crew. And I didn't have any crew. And the fire warriors were pretty much acting as rear guard bubble wrap for my storm surge. So I'm very much at a weakness if I have to go and secure objectives. You know, yeah, I, if you I have th- to secure objectives, then it's then the tower. Then it's difficult for the. Tower a, it's a gun line. It's a, it's a static gun line that it you know doesn't really do well by getting out there. The cri- if you've got more crisis suits out there, yes, you can do things like uh, secure objectives. But even then, those units aren't objective secured. Yeah, you'd have to wipe out. Right. Thing, but things like the um, yeah. yeah. So I agree with that. I agree, definitely agree with that point. Right. It's just outside of like uh, that's one of the, like they have two weaknesses. That, that, but so far we've only with like two weaknesses that they really have: objective security because they're not very mobile. Yep. And um, assaults, but they already can cover one of these weaknesses by saying, oh, well, they, they can just ensure that you never get to assault because they will annihilate you before you can touch them. With the intercept, with because the intercept essentially inval- almost invalidates that that sort of that um, disadvantage. 
TCAV, Thunderwolf Cavalry, played well, mm-hmm. could do pretty well against. Thunderwolf Cavalry? Yeah. So I don't know. Game. I think it would run into the same problem Corn yeah. Union Because if they foot slogged up, they would just disintegrate. Mm, well, I think they're faster. And, they're, mm-hmm. and the they're units hit harder. Uh, well, how how, many, how 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 many how far can they travel? Thunderwolf Cavalry. How far can they move through cover? Twelve inches. Okay. Yeah, and I had a similar situation going. Yeah, but you, like yours, and... yours don't yours don't have three up in wall saves with storm shields. That's that's true. Three they, up in wall saves is pretty good. And um, toughness five, and yeah. two wounds each. Well, then ten. And you put a, ten pipeline. And you put a iron. You know, you put a chapter master with an internal you know internal shield on a bike. You know, it's it's. I mean, the 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 Thunderwolf Cavalry bike force is still very um, strong versus Tau. Yeah, I, see, I, I I agree with you. I think that would pretty much put up a challenge because it would put up a challenge. they're both fast and resilient. The three up invuln save is going to protect them from a lot of the shooting. Yep. Right. So yeah. all they need to do is get into assault with just a few units, and the Tau start to crumble. Yep. It to be, yeah, so it'd have to be on a smaller table though, because if they um No, I mean no if go, I, if they I go mean, look we played we played this game on a three thousand three thousand aside, we played on a four by four table. Right? Yeah. And then you and I played on a four by four table when we played Corn Demon King. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Corn Demon King just doesn't have the, the resilience. Resilience no. as they're, a T cab or a they're, fa- they're fast and they're really punchy. They just don't have the resilience. Yeah. I, I think Demon Kin would do well at Adepticon. Yeah. I think so. I mean, they're fast enough. I yeah. think Demon Summoning might... You think you'll see some Demon Summoning there. Oh, yeah. And they can do demons. They can do Demon Summoning without having to deal with the psychic nonsense, right? Throw some, yeah, that's true. Throw psychic. some Zinch. Throw some Zinch uh, well, no. in there and stuff. And get, no. some real, get some real demons out there. Uh, <laughs> some real demons. It's real some real demons. Opposed to those heavy metal dudes. Constantly playing Metallica on their heads. Yeah. Their helmets are all programmed that way. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, this has turned into like how to beat Tao. Yeah. <laughs> and, and that's how they all are going to be for the next three months. <laughs> how do you beat Tao? How to beat Tao? How do we, how do we beat Tao? I don't think Tao, I'm going to make a prediction. I don't think Tao is going to win a Depticon. That's my, that's my prediction. Interesting. I think there's a better chance that Battle Demi Company will win. Mm-hmm. I can see or, that. Or see Eldar. That. I'm not sure about uh, I'm not sure about Eldar. I could definitely see Battle Demi Company going going to town. Look, we're gonna Arthur and I can probably get some practice in games, practice games before Adepticon. So definitely bring Eldar if you're gonna use Eldar at oh, Adepticon next time. Yeah, and then like have no mercy, just unleash hell. Which is scat packs, you know, by scatter lasers. It's, it's, uh, yeah, Eldar has a chance. I think the Storm Surge is a great counter to the Wraith Knight. Yeah, it is a great counter to the Wraith Knight. The, yeah. Those four D missiles, oh, yeah. if, it gets, just... if it gets lit up with marker lights, then it's, yeah, it's, uh, it's over. Or the, even the optimized stealth cadre. Right? Oh, yeah. Do you, wait, do you think this, yeah, great. that's great against Wave Serpents? Yeah. Phenomenal against Wave Serpents. Right, because they can hit the rear armor. Yeah. I know. <laughs> I know. Well, we're all going to have to figure out the the puzzle of the Tau, the mystery of the Tau. George doesn't want to admit that his uh, yeah. army's as good as it is. Yeah, <laughs> he really does. He wants to think that it's him. Yeah, he wants to think, he, no. He doesn't want, he doesn't, he doesn't want to think it's the Codex plays itself. It's clearly not me. It's clearly not me. No, no, no. no. But maybe it's me. 
<laughs> maybe. Yeah, maybe. I'm, just, I'll give you that. I'm just brilliant. I'll give you that. I'm just brilliant. <laughs> the best general at 40k ever. This is the descending into just like let's go after Tao, and then now now that we're done with them, let's beat up George. So <laughs> I need to go time to call it. We thank you for joining us in this episode. Uh, stay tuned in a couple of weeks when we come back. In the meantime, please visit us on our Facebook page, uh, The Eye of Terror Podcast. And if you want to send us any email, you can send it to the eye of terror podcast at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. We've been hearing from more and more people via email and more and more people have coming, are coming by on Facebook and saying hi. Please contact us either way. We're always, we always love to hear from you guys. Uh, so until then, I'm George and I'm Alec. I'm Arthur and we play 40 gay. We'll see you in a couple of weeks.